Welcome back to our podcast at KMS Library, Section 6 of the Journal of a Lifetime. This is the worst journal entry I've ever had to log. It's virtually impossible to write this down into words without turning this paper into a soggy sheet of salty water. My hands are shaking and my eyes are swollen. Just when I think I've drained all the tears from my eyelids, the pain starts again. I haven't eaten in days. I just can't stomach the thought of putting food into my mouth. My chin quivers and that familiar lump in my throat goes bigger just thinking about it. The only man I've ever loved, the one who's my guardian angel for the past 19 years, the one who raised me and was my biggest fan on the baseball field, the one everyone knew, the one person who was always on my side, is gone. My grandfather passed away. I can't believe I just wrote that. It took about 25 minutes for me to get to this paragraph after writing the last two sentences. The pen would just wouldn't budge in my hand. I actually had to sit back in my chair and accept the way I was confessing to myself. I have one of those thick cushioned fake leather chairs that tilt almost all the way back to where you feel like you're going to flip over backwards. It creaks and squeaks, but it's my favorite chair in the world because Grandpa gave it to me. It was a combination gift when he gave me the journal seven years ago. Seven years. Seems like such a long time to document moments in your life, right? As I sit here, let me tell you, I was the shortest seven years of my life. You don't realize, and I certainly didn't either, how fast time moves until an end occurs, which in this case is my grandfather's passing. Life sets you up and prepares you for failure and agony. When you crawl as a baby and attempt to take your first step and fall, someone is there to lift you up. When you speak your first word but can't quite pronounce what you might want to say, someone is there to guide you. When you play for the Little League City title but fall strikeout short, someone is there to put his or her arm around your shoulder and tell you it's going to be alright. And when you fail a test in school and have to deliver the news, someone is there to motivate you to do better next time. But something life doesn't teach you is how to cope with the grief of losing some, losing the most important person in your life. There's no lesson planned for that. I will say that I was fortunate in it, though. I made a promise to myself the night I cooked him his hamburger and french fried meal. Knowing that something was wrong, I said my piece. I told him everything that I ever wanted to say to him, whether it was good, bad, or indifferent. I made Grandpa know how much I loved him for the man he was and the man he was always going to be. He was all the cliches you heard in songs. He was that guy, and I'm so thankful I was awarded the opportunity to be there them for him that night, eating dinner together in our kitchen. It was the best conversation we ever had. Grandpa died not long after we had our special dinner. He was 76 years old, and in the days and weeks following our talks, I remember him saying how tired he was all the time. He didn't move around as much, and he had no interest in mowing the lawn which was one of his favorite chores. He mostly sat in his easy chair watching the television programs he loved and falling in and out of catnaps. Our conversations were short. Several times he asked me to walk with him to the stair chair in the backyard so that he could admire the view into the tree line. I remember propping up a pillow behind his back so he was comfortable, and from the kitchen window I'd keep my eye on him, checking to make certain that he was okay. His His health seemed to steadily decline during that time. But he refused medical attention. Unfortunately, that was the major fault of Grandpa's his stubbornness. I remember the day like it was yesterday. How could I forget? It was a summer day, a day like any other. The windows in the living room were open. I could hear the neighborhood birds chirping, probably huddled around Grandpa's bird feeder. The birds were his pals. They were the sound of life outside the windows. But inside, it felt like a complete opposite. Gramps was extremely tired. He asked to lie on the couch with the blanket that Grandma had quilted and this part was hard to write down. He told me he missed Grandma, and that she was calling him into his dreams. And then she told him to listen to the birds. I guess that's why he chose the living room to always lie down in. The room had six windows surrounding the furniture. 
South Dakota breeze would sweep in all angles, bringing the familiar smells and sounds he was accustomed to. He felt comforted. Lying on the couch, surrounded by the sounds of nature, he wanted to tell me one last story. I'm not strong enough to tell it in its entirety, but ultimately, in the end, he said it. I was his hero. I kissed him on the cheek and hugged him until I thought my arms would go numb. I told him he'd never be alone, and I sat beside him until he slipped away. It was peaceful, like birds chirping. I hope, as he faded into in turtle's sleep, that his final thoughts were of my parents, my grandma, and me. I hope the light embraced him and that someone was able to guide him to his next adventure. He was gone from our house, but he was now home with grandma. In an instant, the room seemed empty. It's amazing how fast the transition occurs between having life and having it end. Being next to him during the final moments became one of the biggest blessings for me, but also carried the biggest heartache and placed the biggest burden on my tender heart. My grandpa was gone. He was really gone, by far, and without question. It was the hardest day of my life. I held his funeral at Graceland Cemetery in Mitchell, the same place my grandmother and parents were buried. Even though I knew their souls were united again, I wanted their bodies to be together here. I knew in my heart that the body was just a body, but it is a vessel that carries our spirit. It's not who we really are inside. Inside, I know their souls lived forever, but it didn't take away from the fact that I was going to miss him. I still wanted to honor his body and keep everyone together here at Graceland. As sad as the cemetery was for me, it was the, my place in peace of solitude. A lot of guys from baseball team showed up for Pop's funeral. We all wore updated versions of our old jerseys from Little League. Gramps would have wanted that. Big Rick attended and some of his old buddies too. Neighbors, acquaintances, and some folks I didn't even know came to celebrate Grandpa's life. I was really touched by the show of support. Laying him to rest seemed impossible, but with the help of my old teammates, Grandpa's boys, they managed to get me through it. Going home to a quiet house seemed unrealistic, so I spent many days and nights camping out at my friends' houses. The ideas of sleeping at home didn't appeal to me. I mean, eventually I'd go back. I wasn't going to abandon the home I grew up in, but the timing was bad. I had to keep busy and find ways to distract me from the sadness that consumed me. KNMS Library thanks you for listening. Tune in next time to listen to Section 7 of Journal of a Lifetime. Thank you.